oh, hey, Joe, how you doing? How's your wife, Susie? And the guy would be like, how's your wife? Um, <laughs> and so that's kind of what's, what's held up is like, this is what a networker is. A networker can remember every name and every detail. Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Michael. Michael, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me here. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. And so am I. Give everybody kind of the 5,000-foot view of who you are and what you love to do. Well, from 5,000 feet away, I'm very, very small. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm Michael Whitehouse. I'm the guy who knows the guy. I connect people. And uh, for the longest time, I tried to be other things like a coach or a magazine publisher or various other things. And I just kept networking. And I found that I was spending 20 to 30 hours a week networking. So whatever else I tried to do didn't get done because I'd just be out meeting people. And I finally said, you know, this better be my business or else I'm going to be the best connected homeless guy in town. And uh, that's how I came across being a networking concierge. So now my clients hire me to, uh, to make connections for them. Some people call me a professional frog kisser. <laughs> because I kiss all the frogs and introduce them to the ones who turn into princes. Nice. So do you also do it for relationships or mostly for business? <laughs> uh, I think my wife would be upset if I kissed all the people oh, and then enough. introduced them. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't do, I don't do relationships. My, my relationship matchmaking um, record is not as good as my uh, business matchmaking record, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> well, I, then- I, I mostly, I focus, I'm focusing primarily in the joint venture space um, because I'm finding that there's a kind of shared language and structure that makes mm-hmm. my job easier. Um, but I could conceivably, you know, work with, with people in other spaces as well, but it's mostly a matter of I'm already meeting with dozens of people every month. And I know uh, there's hundreds of people I've already met. And thus I'm able to shave a lot of time off the networking process for busy people. I, I, I don't necessarily want to work with people who don't understand how networking works because I don't want someone who thinks I'm a magical wizard who will just solve their problems. I want someone who knows how to network, likes networking, and doesn't have time for it. That's a great person for me, because then they get it. Like, they get what it's about, and then they see that I'm saving them time. Nice. Love that. So for those who don't know, um, describe to us, or if you have a particular definition of it, what in your perspective is joint ventures or affiliate marketing? Uh, so joint ventures... So there's kind of like the, the common English definition and then the industry definition. Because <laughs> the, the common definition is basically any venture that is two people joining together. Arguably, me being on your podcast, the form of joint venture, uh, I'm reaching your audience while helping you provide content. Uh, generally, in the joint venture space, TM, I don't know who trademarked it, but <laughs> yeah, capital J, capital V joint venture, it tends to be there's specific types of joint ventures which involve... Um, exchange of audience and value in different ways. And the, the more into the space you get, the more systemized it gets, partly so you can do a lot of them. So like webinar swaps, for example, is a form joint venture. I'm putting on a webinar and I want to find people who will promote my webinar in exchange for me promoting their webinar. And if you have a common language, then you can say, let me find 50 people who will do webinar swaps. Yeah, we all know what the words mean. We all know how to do it. We're just plugging our systems in together. Um, but joint ventures, there's as many joint ventures as there are people doing joint ventures. Uh, and there's always new ways to do it, new innovations. Um, but ultimately, it's a matter of 
of combining my resources and your resources to make things better for both of us and to make one plus one equal 11. Nice. Love that. So what is your favorite kind of uh, joint venture? Who do you love putting together? Uh, I, I'm not sure I have a, a niche of favorite type yet. Um, I, I'm in the first few months of, of really learning that space because I know people. I know putting people together. Yep. And I connected with people in the joint venture space. It's like, you should do that over here. And I said, well, I don't know all the details of joint ventures. They said, you don't have to. You need to know that your audience matches your audience and you should talk to each other and they'll know what to say. Um, so, so really I, I don't often get into the details of what is the joint venture and, and oftentimes I'm not even involved in what kind it is. It's you, you know, both of you work with, um, generation X corporate women, you should work together because you have the same audience, even if it's different offers. So, so that could be a webinar swap. It could be, you know, it could be something as simple as getting on each other's podcasts or, um, or guest, um, uh, a guest blog or something, or it could be something more in depth, like putting a summit together or a giveaway or, or teaming up to do something. You know, there's all kinds of ways to do it. And I don't necessarily get into, you should get together and do a webinar swap. Right. Now with my clients, they will say, here's my goals. I want to do this many webinar swaps and get on this many summit stages and talk to this kind of people. And here's my audience. Um, and then I really, really work into it, you know, finding that specific thing. But more often, even with my clients, it's, I want to do these things. Here's my audience. And then I find people have that audience and say, hey, I've got a client. They want to do webinar swaps, get on summit stages and guest blogs and podcast appearances. You should talk. And they'd be like, oh, I've got three out of four of those. Let's get together. So nice. it, it, I'm fairly agnostic as to how those, those or opportunities how come or together. What? Yeah, because I'm, I'm not so much like an agent who makes things happen. Mm -hmm. I, I'm more like... A, you know, more like the, the gadfly at the party who's like, oh, Michelle, have you met Bob? You guys should totally talk. <laughs> and then you talk. I'm not going to be like, so now that you're talking, what you should talk about is, you know, <laughs> you can figure out talk about. I just made sure that you met before you left the party. Nice. So you just really like people is what really comes down to. Is that it? <laughs> I do really like people. Well, you can That's probably awesome. tell I'm kind of shy and reserved. Right. And I'm not big on talking much. Yeah. Uh, if, if there was a one to 10 <laughs> extrovert scale, I'd be like an 11 and a half. So, <laughs> nice. so I'm trying to put myself in places where I can sort of be, be that guy at the party making those connections. Um, and, and, and one of the things about joint ventures is, is we, we often focus on the you know, shared audience, that kind of thing. You know, I've got 10,000 on my email list and you've got 10,000 on your email list and let's share it to each other. But the other kind of joint venture is, is matching strengths to weaknesses. So my strength, meeting people making connections, talking to people. You know, I, I could do, if, if I had enough backend support, I could just do straight one-to-ones eight hours a day. Like I would have no problem doing that. I'd feel, by the end of the day, I'd be like, all right, who's next? <laughs> well, that was all 16 of them. You said 16 straight one-to-ones. Really? Like at, at Potapalooza where I did eight straight interviews. And I was like, all right, who's next? No, the, the event's over. What do you mean the event's over? I've only done eight interviews. Give me more. Um, but, right. That went really, really fast yeah. to me. It was like, oh my God, this is so much fun. Yeah. I totally could. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but on the, on the flip you. side, you know, my weakness is systems, structures, planning, strategies, report writing, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so, you know, one of the, the uh, clients I'm partnering up with is the joint venture insider circle. And they've got all the systems and processes and, and the people 
in their program are all being trained in it. And um, so they've got ways to keep track of it and to, you know, the specific questions to ask each person so they can be categorized and put together efficiently and make the most. Um, I couldn't come up with that on my own. So <laughs> I'm partnering with people who are better than me there because, you know, they've got all the systems, but they don't have someone who can spend 25 hours a week talking to people. Um, cause they Mon all is really good at putting together systems. Yeah. That guy is smart, man. You give him almost anything. It's like, Hey, can you systemize this? And then done. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great fix. He, he met me right. and he's, he's like, if you took my systems and you're running around talking to people, we can make things happen. And I got to talk. Yeah. And, and he was the one who said like, don't worry about not knowing the, not knowing the, the details. You'll, you'll think you can learn that stuff. Anyone can learn that stuff. It's having the instinct to connect people. You can't mm-hmm. learn that you've either got it or you don't. And that's what I got. Nice. And of course being naturally really good looking. That's the other thing. I got. Of course. Yeah. And Mon's also really good at seeing opportunity when it knocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it doesn't have to knock twice. He's like, I, yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. So when you're, when you're working with people, um, well, let's kind of back up the bus a bit. So other than being really good at connecting people, how did you decide that, hey, I should really do this for other people? How did it become that? Uh, so so the, the credit for this I, original idea I'd give to, to Phil Palucha, uh, who's the host of Billionaires and Boxers, and, um, and a brilliant coach in his own right. And I was talking to him about how, like, I got all this networking knowledge, and I, I like, I, I know that the key to... The entrepreneurial model is you have to have some sort of high ticket program. You know, you have to have something that people can give you enough money for that a modest number of them can support you. The math is pretty simple. Um, but I couldn't figure out what it was. And I'm like, I don't have like a thing I could teach that people pay a big pile of money for. I don't have a system. I don't have a process really. And I'm not good at taking what I do and processizing it and system, but I, I don't even know what that word is. Processize. Is that a word? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a good one. I like that. Okay. I, I can prophesize it. Um, there you go. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like making it a packaging it into a thing. Then like, here's the program. So for just 99, 97, I'll do this. I, I couldn't figure out what to do. And Phil said, well, what if instead of teaching people to do mm-hmm. it, you made introductions for people? Because if you connect two people and they make a million dollars, Asking them for 5% of that, they'll probably, you know, be like, oh, yeah, thanks. Here's, here's 50 grand. And I'd be like, woohoo, I don't need to work for this a year. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, they've got the other $950,000 and everyone's happy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And part of why this never clicked, this didn't click on its own for me, mm-hmm. is that for most of my years of networking, I was in a fairly small pond. I live in New London County, Connecticut, which you probably haven't heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you live here. I mean, I, I didn't hear of it. I, I had lived here for a day before I knew what it was. Um, so, so there's not a lot of like people making multi-million dollar deals in New London County, Connecticut. So I was connecting people to contractors who could help with their house or, you know, maybe occasionally a $10,000 deal would come together because I introduced them. So it didn't occur to me that, that like I could make these kinds of connections. And then as you said, I'm thinking about who I know and I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, because I in 2004 I moved to Groton knowing nobody and built a network of local people, and then in 2020 I was unmoored from time and space. Probably most <laughs> people knew the sense of being or disconnected from time and space <laughs> in 2020, but I took it to mean I can go anywhere and do anything. Nice. So when 2020 hit, the first thing I realized was 
if my BNI group is on Zoom, everyone else's BNI group is on Zoom, and I can visit BNIs anywhere in the world. Right. Malaysia, Australia, England, Canada. I think maybe some other countries I'm forgetting all over the US. And so I started, started making connections everywhere. And I was no longer limited to who's in my county, who can I drive to to meet. It was who can I get on a Zoom call with, which is anyone. And then I, you know, me as higher level of, of uh, people, a business owner, which created that, that, uh, that possibility, which Phil saw and is like, well, what if you start introducing people and either they pay you a retainer, or you get a percentage. You didn't have a specific, um, you know, way to execute. But once I was onto that track, I started sharing that with people. And one of them said, well, I'd hire you to bring, connect me with joint ventures and speakers. And I know a bunch of other people would too. Let me introduce you to them. Um, and that's how I got connected to them on. And that's how, you know, everything's growing out from there. I love that. So give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories. Uh, of, of making, making those of your kinds clients, of connections. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, alas, I'm early enough that I do not have one of those like, oh, I connected these two people and a million dollars happened. It's, <laughs> it's theoretically likely to happen. Um, but I, <laughs> the other thing is a lot of the, the connections I've made, I actually haven't known what's come of them. Oh, okay. Um, I'll occasionally get an email three months later saying, oh yeah, thanks for introducing me to this person. And you know, <laughs> it was great, which was awesome when I wasn't doing it professionally. And I'd be like, I bet they just made a lot of money. <laughs> I wonder how much <laughs> uh, this yeah. person made a hundred thousand dollars. This person made a hundred thousand dollars. And this guy right here got a very nice thank you email. Yeah. Um, if there's one thing I've learned in the whole world of professional schmoozing, uh, as I love, like to call it, uh, it's to get the contracts in place first. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're, we're- Especially when they become big caliber ones. Like I used to know a guy that used to uh, set other people up with used oil rigs, which is a very niche market, I would That's think. Very niche, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but his was when I meet people, they sign the contract. If they buy one and it's through somebody I know that I've set them up with, mm-hmm. and we can prove that, then I get commission. Period. End of story. It's not like, hey, that was really nice of you. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> so, so one thing I like about the space I'm operating in mm-hmm. um, of of joint ventures business, we're, we're in this very abundant space. Um, which is a very rarefied space. Like if you're working with selling houses and oil rigs, well, it's very finite, right? There's only so many oil rigs someone's going to buy. <laughs> Whereas if you're doing webinar promotions, you might do 48 a year. Right. So, which means that there's a nearly infinite potential for connections and an ongoing need for more connections. I mean, okay, I guess if you get 50 or 80 good connections, you can just cycle them, but it takes a lot to really get get there and you want to constantly make good connections. So, so I find um, I, I don't so much need a contract as an understanding of if I make a connection for you, you make a bunch of money. Some of that should come back here. And I'm not going to sit there with you. Oh, well, it was 5%. And it should be, <laughs> but you know, something, you know, your thank you note should have like little numbers at the bottom of it and a signature in the lower right corner. And little um, bank bar numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like the name of the bank in the other corner. So you know, that, that that's what the thank you note should be. And, and whatever it is, like I'm, I'm not necessarily going to say what it should be, but whatever is, is fair. And if I make a connection for someone and they make a bunch of money mm-hmm. and they don't reciprocate in some fashion, then I just don't make another connection for them. I'm not necessarily going to hold it against them. I'm not going to be like, here's a bad guy. Now, if we had an actual deal, an agreement, and they broke an explicit deal, that's a whole different thing. 
but I'd rather not burn those bridges and have that hostility. I'll just, you know, as I say, if, if I'm, if I help someone make a deal and I don't get properly compensated, then we're going to part as friends, but we're still going to part. <laughs> not going to party. We're just going to part. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what so are, yeah. When I, I just say that, cause you know, someday something may happen six months, 12 months, 12 years later, where we end up near a deal again, I don't need to trust them to pay me. Or if I do, we make it a little more explicit, but I don't want to burn that bridge. Right. I just, I, I don't want to be doing a lot of work for someone free either, because that's, <laughs> yeah, if I make an really? introduction Why for not? someone and it works out for them, I don't begrudge it. It's just, <laughs> I, I, I would like to pay my bills too. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. That that happens. Awesome. So what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having right now? And they're thinking, oh my God, Michael, I need you so badly. Uh, not having enough time. So the ideal person mm-hmm. for me to talk to would say, I'm, I get what networking is. I know how it works. I know the value of it. They, you know, I know the basic principles of how to do it. Maybe they like it. Maybe they don't, mm-hmm. um, but they, they don't have time for it or they don't like it. They're like, yeah, I know how to do it. I know how to go to these events, but you know, introverts would mm-hmm. be a key person to talk to me because the, the scientific def- definition of an introvert is someone who is drained by social interaction versus an extrovert is charged by social interaction. So there's some introverts like, oh yeah, I, I love networking. I'm great at it, but I go to one of those two hour events. I need to sleep for 14 hours. You know, I need to go in an isolation <laughs> tank. Um, someone like that is someone great to partner with me because I can go to the event and meet a hundred people. And then I can say, okay, here's the three you need to talk to in a one-on-one phone call. Mm-hmm. So you, they don't have to go to the, to the conference or the big event. Uh, or they'd only go to certain events. They don't have to go to just any event. And I can curate, again, kissing the frogs and narrow it down. So someone who understands value networking, but for one reason or another, can't or won't or doesn't want to put in all the time it takes. And having the analytical brain that I have, I think you must have one hell of a spreadsheet with all of these people, what they want and who they met and all of the ones that you've ever met. And it's like, okay, six years ago, I met Dave and Dave would be perfect for you. It's like, how do you do that? You might think that. <laughs> I'm, I do think that. <laughs> and I don't. Uh, ah, okay. So, so there's, there's a couple of, of modern technologies that are, are handy cheats for me. Um, mm-hmm. My email remembers every email I ever send or receive. Um, LinkedIn, Facebook, I usually end up sticking to them in one of those formats. Nice. Um, but as I mentioned, my strength is meeting people. My weakness is systems. So, <laughs> so particularly to anyone who's listening out there who's like, oh, I want to be a connector, but I don't have the memory for it. I don't have the system for it. I don't know. Because you, you hear about, I can't remember the guy's name. There was a um, FDR had a, a campaign manager who remembered like 500,000 people's names. He was, he was superhuman and he could not wow. remember their name, but like the name of their kids and their dog and where they worked. And they'd come back through nine months later and he'd be like, Oh, Hey Joe, how you doing? How's your wife, Susie? And the guy'd be like, How's your um, <laughs> and so that's kind of what's, what's held up is like, this is what a networker is. A networker can remember every name and every detail and perhaps they can. And then there's me, I'm, you know, my best friend of 30 years. And I look at her and go, and this is somebody yeah. that I've known for a really long time. And her name escapes me. Yeah. But, but so, so I don't have that. <laughs> I, don't um, I, I don't have a system. I don't have a process. I'm developing, you know, as I'm meeting more people and 
and systematizing yeah. it. And I have a client, you know, clients who are like, I want blah, blah, blah. I'm building systems to make sure everyone I meet who's in their criteria I'm connecting with. Um, but I don't necessarily have all those systems. So for anyone, and I'm specifically mentioning this, mm-hmm. um, for anyone out there who's who's like, I wish I could connect, but I don't. you can. Mm-hmm. You don't need all the systems. You don't need to connect. You don't need to make every connection possible. You just need to have the intention to do it. And I've sort of trained myself. So uh, I'm sure you haven't noticed, but I have ADHD. <laughs> I hide it very well, as as I'm sure you know. But it's totally that, in the carpet. <laughs> yeah, part of that is is what I call popcorn memory. That in the course of a conversation or trying to write a report or trying to do something very detailed and focused, my brain will be like, oh, what about this? Oh, how about this? Do you remember this? What about this? And I've trained that instinct to pop up people that the person I'm talking to should know. And they will just random. If I specifically say, okay, who do I know who does this thing? Not happening. But if I just let it, you know, let the conversation flow, then some names will pop into my head. And those are the connections I'll make. And this is more for, you know, the casual one-to-one where I'm just, just having a virtual coffee with someone and I want to provide some value, but like, boop, name, boop, name. Um, and then So really for, bringing you for coffee is the key to start this relationship, I'm hearing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I do get on, you know, if I get into a conversation with someone, then then I will usually make a few introductions. Um, but it, it, it just, they kind of pop up because I've gotten into that habit. Um, and- the other thing is that when you meet people, mm-hmm. meet a lot of people, some of those people need to meet other people you meet. Right. So it's as simple as if you can remember everyone you've met in the last three days, you can provide valuable connections. Um, now, again, I'm, I'm working on getting to a, a higher, more systematic and developed professional level, <laughs> at which point I'll be able to say, well, I have a database of 732 people and I can type in this. And, and if you work with this kind of audience, then this computer will tell me who's in there, um, which will probably be a combination of virtual assistants and, and databases. Uh, but Talk to me. I know a little something, something about databases. You'll be yeah. okay. <laughs> and, and, but I also find that, that sometimes... You know, a lot of people I meet, they don't want to, they don't want to meet a 10th of the people I can introduce them to because they don't have time to respond to all the introductions, let alone execute on that. You know, I've, I've talked to some prospective clients who are like, I don't need 10 introductions a month. I need like three. Give me three. Don't give me 10. 10's too many. Um, right. you know, so, some have a team and a system and a process, but others are like, yeah, I, I can do like three a month and then hold the next three till next month because that's, that's more than I need. Um, so so would you consider this kind of closer to sales and creating those relationships or um, finding centers of influence and then and then they have to nurture that relationship with that center of influence? So I try to stay away from the, the sales sort of thing. And this is one of the things I love about the joint venture space and the way things work here, uh, there, here, is that it's it gets away from that sales vibe. So I've sold all kinds of things. I've sold cars, insurance, uh, printing, local magazine ads. Uh, I've sold my own coaching services. And no matter how friendly your rapport is, at a certain point, I am the salesman and you are the prospect and we're going to go at it and I'm hopefully going to get your money. Um, and it works. And with enough you know, technique and mindset and whatnot, you can make it not too adversarial but I don't like it. And now that I'm a full-time <laughs> entrepreneur and not working for someone else, I am more and more trying to build my life to not do things I don't like. 
Fair enough. And, and peeps, if you're out there and you think sales is adversarial, <laughs> we need to have yeah. a little chat. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll we'll and, work on that one later. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and you know, I, I certainly do know how to, you know, when, when I was selling there's a strategy I use where, where, you know, my closing line was, do you want help with that? And they'd say, yes, how do I do it? And I'd tell them what it costs and they'd sign up. Um, but in terms of like what I do now, mm-hmm. as opposed to selling, I want to make win-win introductions. You know, nice. I don't want to say, hey, Michelle, you should go buy from Bob. Because that does a bunch of things. One, now we're in a selling situation because I'm selling for someone. Two, I'm endorsing them. Mm-hmm. So if I say you should meet Bob, I think you might have some things to talk about and possibly you could do some joint ventures. I'm not endorsing him. I'm saying you should meet and you're going to figure out if it's a good fit or not. Whereas if I say you should buy from him and you buy from him and the product's not good or doesn't deliver or, you know, it's a coaching program and you don't do the work, but it doesn't pan out. That's still coming back on me. And with as many people as I meet, I don't necessarily want to be someone's salesman. I -hmm. want to be... I, you know, I, I want to be the connector because that, that keeps that keeps me freer to make more better connections. Nice. So I'm and of course everybody's got to do their due diligence on that right. end of things. When you're connecting to people, do they usually have a system set up whereby they have like a two-tiered affiliate system so that they know how much they're paying you for those connections? Is it a little more random than that? Or uh so so mo so the, the clients I have currently, it's a um a flat rate retainer. And then for some of their programs, there are affiliates, you know, if they, if I send someone to them and they end up buying a system, you know, mm-hmm. buying something, then I get a percentage of that. Some, some don't, um, some it's just a, it's just that, that retainer. Um, I, I do also have affiliate relationships, people who aren't necessarily clients, but they have products that the people I run across may benefit from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do that stream as well. Uh, I haven't actually done too much with with two tiered affiliates yet. Um, it it's one of those spaces that always seemed fascinating. Like, oh, I'll find you affiliates and they'll sell for you and it'll be great. And I found it's very there's a lot of nuances and details to make that work because a lot of people need to do a lot of things, <laughs> and it requires a lot of systems in place because you're effectively turning someone into a part time salesperson. Mm-hmm. Which for the right fit, you know, every, every once in a while I'll come across one and be like, oh, this is a totally natural fit. You guys should make loads together but for many of those connections it's kind of you know the, the conversation has to go that way with the people they meet and it's there's a lot of different factors i've also found um because of course i i've done a number of things where i promote people to my audience um mm-hmm. my mls whether it's it's summits or uh or master classes webinars whatever uh and and my my email list at this point is modest um, I'm running a few uh, summits, a few other things, which should make my email list less modest in the near future. But right now it's fairly modest. And, and I you know, support some of these things, but the metrics wouldn't be right. I wouldn't get a lot of, a lot of opt-ins. I wouldn't get a lot. And, I'd, and I always just think like, well, you know, it's because my list isn't that big and maybe it wasn't that targeted and focused. And then I started working with better partners. And I'd promote to the same list in the same way with better copy that goes to a better landing page. And I discovered, wow, oh, my list is fine. <laughs> the landing page was crap. So it's- Or it's or, a bad or, fit or, or, or. So yeah, or, 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 or it was too focused or it was whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's, there, there's one, um, one partnership I did that they're, they're they did a, uh, 
I'm trying to think of how I can scrub all the details. You can't tell what I'm talking about, but, um, but they, it, they had an event that was sort of a networking event, but also sort of selling something. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it was a great networking event because when I first went to it, it allowed me to, to connect with like an exciting new circle of people. Mm-hmm. And so of course, as a networker, I went back to my community, like, this was amazing. You guys got to come to the next one because it's an amazing networking event and so many connections. And the landing page they made didn't mention networking at all. <laughs> it talked about like a system and a process. And, and I'm like, I've been priming my audience for six months to come back to this event. And now you put this out. And of course, you know, it converted like, you know, it, the con- it converted very poorly um, right. because they got there like, this is, but am I on the right page? <laughs> right. But yeah, so there's a lot of communicate, you know, you, the branding has to be clear. Um mm-hmm. So that, so the partner knows what they're promoting to and mm-hmm. what it's about. <laughs> little communication goes a long way. Uh, and, and you are a master communicator. I love and appreciate that. And I know that our listeners are going to want more from you. So how did they begin their journey with you? Well, so the first step would be to go to guywhoknowsaguy.com. Mm-hmm. And on that page, at the very top, there's a place where they can put in their, um, email and they will get my power five networking tips. So I took everything out of my hundred page guy knows a guy book, distilled it down to one PDF page with five key tips uh, that will, you know, if you take those five tips, you too can be a connector. And then the book's just full of details and funny, really, really the book's full of jokes and funny stories. Um, <laughs> so if you want those, you definitely get the book. If you just want to know how to be a connector, it's in those power five tips. Um, and, and if they don't want to be a connector and they just want you to connect them, uh, if they don't want to be connected, just want me to connect, then they should go to the same website and look a little bit to the right. <laughs> and there's a picture of a calendar and you click on that and you pick a time. And then I will tell them all about my networking concierge program and, and uh, various services I offer. Nice. That sounds awesome. So peeps go to guy who knows a guy.com. There it is. If you're <laughs> in the visual world, you, you got all fingers pointing at that one. And uh, if you're driving, you can't remember that for whatever reason, go to the usual awarenessstrategies.com slash blog and look for Michael or networking or a guy who knows a guy or concierge. You'll find him and make sure that you connect on his scheduling calendar. Get on his calendar and go see what he might be able to do for you. See if you're fit. And I'm sure if you're not a perfect fit, he knows somebody that'll be a perfect fit for you. So you're in good hands. Someone. (laughs) Awesome. So I have to ask you, at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Uh, so when I graduated college, I launched a game store. Fun. Straight out of school. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I, I joked that I couldn't find a job, so I made one. Um, <laughs> Phil, Phil, Phil Pluge on his show once said that an entrepreneur is just a French word for a person who can't get a job or can't I keep can. a job. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I didn't have the patience to go through the job search process. So I launched a business that I was completely not ready to run, did not have the skills, did not have the knowledge and predictably drove into the ground. Uh, but other than not making money, it was wildly successful. We built a community space. We built this like whole community that was very meaningful and important to people, which then meant that when it wasn't making money, I was stuck because I couldn't just be like, sorry, guys, not making any money. Find another community. That's the way um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it, we ended up turning it into a nonprofit that ran for another 10 years. Um, really? So, so we, I, I, I joke, but it was actually successful, except yeah. for not making any money. 
uh, as a nonprofit, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it lasted till 20, I opened in 20, 2002, it ran till 2018. Wow, fun. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Super cool. I, I have to ask because, you know, the way that people get into the entrepreneurial world is, you know, every way possible under the sun. And I love to hear the stories because I think somebody else is in that boat and they're going, Oh, well, Hey, I'm, I'm right on track. (laughs) So if you're running your business into the ground right now, you are right on track. Yeah, And and for a lot of people out there, like if I think a lot of people get like, this is the way it should be done. (laughs) And if they are unlucky, they've ended up in like a job or a career, they're miserable. Hopefully they haven't got gone to advanced education to get there. Like the person who becomes a lawyer or a doctor because their parents say they should. Um, but you know, they, they're, they're doing what they think should be done. They're like, but I feel like there's something else in 2022. There's something else. There's a dozen Fine. something else. And, and one thing, and, and I'll, you know, to, to, to share a bit of my recent story in 2021, I knew almost enough of what I wanted to do, except for how to actually monetize it. Mm-hmm. So I was paying my bills by Ubering on driving Uber on weekends. And then meeting everyone I could, talking to every expert, every entrepreneur that's you know on my podcast, I was bringing them on there, be like, come on my podcast and teach me how to build a business. And basically educating myself through networking while I supported myself with gig work. So with the modern economy, you don't have to work a nine to five and then work till midnight building your business. There's a hundred ways to make a living while you build that up. So you're... You, it doesn't have to be the risk. You know, 30 years ago is a risk. You quit your job. You've got nine months until you're on the street. You better make this work. Now you quit your job. You drive DoorDash or Uber or do Instacart or any oh, of a no. hundred other things. And if it takes you five years, you're an Uber driver for five years until you figure it out. So it's certainly less risk than staying in a miserable job for five years. Right. Well, and that reminds me, we had a Uber driver in Vegas once and his first question was, so what do you guys do for a living? And we told him he's great. And, and I said, well, that's a fantastic question. I've never had an Uber driver ask that as first question. He goes, I love knowing what people do. I have had more professional advice for free. (laughs) You are brilliant. (laughs) That's awesome. He -hmm. was super fun. And and yeah, clearly it was uh, making right his financial advice alone. He's like, I am never quitting this job. <laughs> <It's awesome>. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so it's a front. I, I've caught on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've known people that, like I knew a realtor who who got a job in a coffee shop because the connection she could make as a barista um, right? made her thousands of dollars in in real estate business. I love that. Oh, we're gonna have to talk more about the 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 front to maintain the back. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, so it has been super fun, Michael. Thank you so much for your time. I know how valuable it is and I appreciate it. Any last words for our peeps? Uh, I would say for those who do want to be connectors, you know, if you don't just hire me for those who do <laughs> want to be connectors. Um, I, I've been actually giving a number of talks lately on the theme of you can become a connector as soon as you decide to. And mm-hmm. it is entirely mindset. Once you decide I'm going to connect people, the details you'll figure out. But if you say, I'm a connector, and just start asking the question, who can I introduce you to who would be valuable? People will start answering. And then you'll know who you need to go find. Start doing that. You'll build a network. And before you know it, you will also be a guy or gal who knows a guy. (laughs) I love that. Thank you again, Michael, for being here with us today. Thank you for having me.
This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app so that we can continue to help you to scale your business. We love having you here. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.